This is episode number 78 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Hamilton. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about our next Moedim, which happens to be Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets. What is Rosh Hashanah and how do we actually observe it in our exile? We're going to do a deep dive into that. So stay tuned. All that and much more. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go. the harvest, you're my life, you're of creation, you make everything right, give me more power, give me more love, yeah, give me more passion. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton, and this is Hebrews in Exile. Sean. Yes, sir. We are moving into a very critical Hebraic time. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. This is August the 10th, which is the date that we are doing, sitting at the desk, doing, doing this, yeah, this podcast. This podcast, yeah. By the time this podcast hits the air for public consumption, we will be in the Hebrew month, El-U. Okay. That's a big, good month. What's, what's, what's so, what's, and, and so, what's so significant about the month El-U? Well, the month El-U is the beginning. It is pre-High Holy Day. It is the pre cursor mm -hmm. to the high holy days which is Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets mm -hmm. that's going to occur in the seventh month yes yes now we have to do something and that is <clears throat> we have to look at our calendar and we have to look at how it is that the seventh month of the Most High is different than the seventh month of the Gregorian, Gregorian calendar? calendar. Yeah, the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. We celebrated Passover. Was it in March or was it in April? April. I think you're right. I think it was in April. This, this. What was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. March. March. Okay. Very good. It's in March. So the problem being, which is not really a problem, is that our people, if you are not familiar with the scriptorial text in Vayikra, which is Leviticus chapter 23, and beginning at verse number 23, mm -hmm. you would not know what's coming up that's critical to Hebrews in exile. And that is yeah. the celebration of 
the Moedims of the Most High, which he enumerates in Leviticus chapter 23 in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So we've had Passover. Yes. Passover was in March, mm -hmm. which is the beginning of the year for Hebrew Israel. Correct. Most I says so in Exodus chapter 12, I think it is. Right. So we count from Passover forward, mm -hmm. we get seven months, which is going to put us into the month of the Gregorian calendar, which is going to be September, which happens to be the Hebrew month, Tishri. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting because when you when you also look at how your Gregorian calendar is set up, it's set up to where the last uh, couple of months in the year kind of mimic that because um, the uh, the root of the word September is has its uh, root in the number seven. That's when you get to October. It's eight. When you get to November, November it's nine, and then when you get to uh, December, Deca is 10. So if you count back 10 months, you will arrive somewhere in the neighborhood of when the beginning of the year is. And there's a whole entire teaching that we've done before in the past about, obviously, the Gregorian calendars is not our calendar. Our calendar is deeply rooted in where the Most High has Aviv, the beginning, springtime. And uh, the Gregorian calendars pulled some of its... Uh, its months and names of its months based off of the Hebrew. So in this month of August, and by the time that you all are listening to this podcast, we will be into the month LU. And why is this important? Mm -hmm. Because it's the beginning of the time of purification. Mm -hmm. It's the beginning of the time for Hebrew Israel to begin its time of teshuvah. So now you're saying, well, what does that mean? Teshuvah is the Hebrew word for repentance. Right. And turning, turning to the Most High for cleansing. Mm -hmm. It's time for our reflecting, our inward reflecting on ourselves and our relationship <coughs> with the Most High and with each other. Yeah. The interesting part about this that culminates and makes it so emphatic is that in the month of, in the seventh month of the year, as is explained in the Vayikra chapter 23, let's just read it and then we'll talk about it here. All right, good. Verse 23, Leviticus, Vayikra, 2323. Yahweh said to Mashe, tell the people of Israel in the seventh month the first of the month is to be for you a day of complete rest for remembering, one, 
a holy convocation to announce with the blast of the shofar. It's called the Feast of Trumpets. It is also called Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. Rosh Hashanah, the sound and the blast of the trumpet, ushers in this time of reflection and repentance. It's a it's a mitzvot. Yeah, this is a commandment that he's made. It's a mitzvot. It's it's it's, it's a statute, it's a regulation. Right. We to observe this as a holy convocation, yes. <coughs> Assembling ourselves for this particular time that the Most High has, has allowed us to... As a matter of fact, what's interesting is is that the the this particular mitzvot, even though I hate... Not say that I hate to do this, but you know, uh, when we were both across the street at the seven and nine o'clock and eleven o'clock service, we had this issue of the Ten Commandments, which we we go back there to Shemot chapter twenty and and quote when it really doesn't say that those are the Ten Commandments; those are the Ten Utterances. But then when you get over to Shemot thirty-four, it enumerates a plethora of 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 literal mitzvot that deal with the festival. So when you look at you know these ten you know, commandments, if you will, in the book of Shemot in 34, the majority of them are ruled by mitzvot that are there. And this is, um, again, this is something that we assemble ourselves for, that we have to take uh, very solemnly, the Most High wants to meet with us. And I think you did a, a, a very eloquent uh, explanation in the past when you talked about having a holy convocation with these types of things. This, this, you wouldn't, if you worked at your job, skip out on a meeting that your boss would ask you to attend, you wouldn't be lasting too much longer at that position if you decided you want to skip out on a lot of these. So this is a meeting time that Most High has prescribed for us. It right. says, I want to meet with you. Right. There should be a turning away from... I'm going to let you go on here, Finis. Come get well, taking your thunder. <laughs> I had a cough this evening. The significance of the time is to do inward reflection, mm -hmm. align our, start aligning ourselves with the most high in repentance and coming back to him. Yes. Yes. Sound the alarm. There is an interesting fact. There's an interesting part in scripture that goes back to the time when Mashe was in the mountain with the Most High, those 40 days when he was getting the, the first tablet. And then he went back, came down, and he found his people were worshiping this golden calf that, um, his brother, brother yeah, Aharon, had, Aharon made. had erected because the people 
had asked him to do so. Mm -hmm. And he was angry. He threw down the tablets. He broke the tablets. Mm -hmm. The Most High called him back up into the Shammai, uh, back up into the mountains. Mm -hmm. And he gave him the second tablets. He brought those down to the people. Mm -hmm. The people at that particular point in time, because of the sin of the golden calf, which happened to be just before the Most High, it was just after, as a matter of fact, the Most High had given Mashe the, the responsibility or the order to build the Mishkan. Yeah, okay. So the Mishkan was in the was in the works of being done before the sin of the golden calf. Calf happened, okay. Hmm. So the sin of the golden calf happened in probably the month of El-U that precedes mm. the, the Feast of Trumpets. Hmm. <clears throat> the Feast of Trumpets then and I have to give you this background because it's 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 important to understand how the connection between the Feast of Trumpets and the next event that's going to take place, which happens um, 10 days. I believe so, yeah. 10 After days we, later? Yeah. It's another heavy one, yeah. Yeah, which is Yom Kippur. Yeah, Day of Atonement. So now he says in verse 26, Yahweh said to Mashe, the 10th day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. You are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You are not to do any kind of work on that day because it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Yahweh, your Elohim. Mm -hmm. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day is to be cut off from his people. And anyone who does any kind of work on that day, I will destroy from among his people. You are not to do any kind of work. It is a permanent regulation through all your generations, no matter where you live. That's right. <coughs> Which so, is, yeah, key, you said permanent regulation yeah. through all your generations. Yeah. So these two, the Feast of Trumpets and Yom Kippur, are two that work together. Mm -hmm. Yom Kippur the month of Elu that precedes Yom Kippur is a time of Teshiva and a time of reflecting and a time of repentance. Mm. Israel had become disobedient in their idolatry of worshiping the golden calf, which delayed their ability to begin work on the tabernacle. On the tabernacle. Okay. Mashe went before the Most High and he interceded on their behalf. Right. That he did. That he, he did. Interceded on their on their behalf. Mm-hmm. His intercession on their behalf allows them to be able to come into the day 
of of the feast of trumpets or Yom Kippur mm -hmm. in a cleaning up part of their life where they could be accepted because they had they had to get themselves right before the Most High before the Day of Atonement came. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because on the Day of Atonement, Aharon was going to take the two uh, rams, when they weren't sheep, <laughs> they were goats, called scapegoats, mm -hmm. where he tied the ribbon around one, right. let mm -hmm. it off in the wilderness, mm -hmm. they kept yep. the other one. That's right. That whole part there is called the Day of Atonement, <gasps> where Aharon would go and make atonement for the whole community for himself right and the whole community of Israel yeah yeah now please note that it was a female goat yeah it was a female goat <laughs> that made the atonement for Israel it right. wasn't a lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. That's right. It was a goat. Right. Let's put it in proper context. And it was a yeah. she-goat. Right. Mm-hmm. So, your Jesus, <laughs> right, for the benefit of the women, this dude, yeah. for the benefit of you women, y'all might want to stand up and, and get and get upset because they keep putting a man before you and if, <laughs> and if it was a, a she-goat that was atoned for the sins of Israel, then it should have been a female oh, that, yeah. I don't know what you to call her. <laughs> you know what? Um, and I'm not really being funny. Yeah. I'm being, I'm being scripturally factual here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think cause we, we just went through uh, a, a couple of teachings about female, you know, uh, saviors, if you will. So if there was yeah. going to be anyone that was going to atone for your sins, it should have been somebody that was that looked like a female. A female, yeah. Hmm. Keeping, keeping with the flow of how the Most High keeps everything in in order. Right. But we know when we get across the street, they do whatever they want to do over there anyway. So they can make so up whatever they want. it should have been a man that was atoning for your sins it should have been a female, a female mm -hmm. according to keeping with what the most high did because it was not a lamb that took away the sins of the world it was a she goat read the female. text there you go read the text so the sin of Israel delayed the building of the tabernacle because impure hands could not do the work on something that the Most High was giving to Israel as being set apart. So they had to go through, they had to go through teshuva and repentance, come through this day of, of the Feast of Trumpets, having, having purified or cleansed themselves <coughs> in preparation or 10 days later, or when the Day of Atonement yeah. would arrive. And it's only after the Day of Atonement 
And after the Feast of Tabernacles, which also falls in the falls in the eighth month, fifteenth day of the seventh, the fifteenth day of the seventh month, also in the seventh month, mm-hmm. in, in verse number twenty-three, that the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot takes place. Yep, it's the booths. Yep, it is after that that Israel, by going through the Feast of of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, I mean Rosh Hashanah, yep, Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Day of Atonement, yeah, and after Tabernacles, that they were set apart enough to begin the work on the tabernacle. Mm. Now, this mm. is interesting. Yeah. When we read the text <coughs> about the building of the tabernacle and the completion of it, it began It began at the end of the Feast of Sukkot, and it was finished somewhere around, see, if, if 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 September is the seventh month, October is the eighth, eighth. month, mm-hmm. November is the ninth month, then it is in the ninth month, which is almost two months later. This is phenomenal. Mm. It's two months later that the tabernacle was completed and handed to Mashe. Mm. Two months. Two months. This is the this is the handiwork of of, of our buddy Beatsiel, who's thirteen years who's old. Thirteen years old that was commissioned because of he was endowed with the spirit of the Most High. <laughs> now, I was thinking about this, okay, and I thought about Beatsiel. I'm, I'm going, wow, wow. We just talked about two weeks ago. We just talked about this thirteen year old girl. Right, that's that's who has been accepted to the college into medical school mm-hmm. and in going to two colleges simultaneous studying biochemistry, mm-hmm. biogenetic chemistry. Amazing, amazing. Her mind is on the same level as Beatsiel's mind is. That's beyond beyond the recognition mm-hmm. of smart mm-hmm. to the idea that these people's mind functions and resonates within the realm of the consciousness of the most high. Yeah. Wow. Now let's, now the point of this seventh month repentance is a time for us to reflect, purify ourselves so that we can go into the Feast of Trumpets, come out of the Feast of the Trumpets, go into the Day of Atonement, come out of the Day of Atonement with our names written in the Lamb's Book of Light. And excuse me, scratch that. <laughs> scratch I was that. Gonna, I was going to say, whoo, scratch you that. pulled that out. <laughs> The days old <laughs> with our names written in the books, which is written in the book of Daniel. Right. I looked 
Daniel says, I think in set seven or eight of Daniel, I looked and I saw the one who looked like the ancient days. Mm -hmm. He was sitting on the throne mm -hmm. and the books were open. Mm -hmm. The book of the righteous and the book of the, the, book the, of the wicked. wicked yeah. So the day of atonement is indicative of our names being written in that book at the end of the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Mm. So the High Holy Days is all part of the preparation to get to be able to get through the Feast of Trumpets through the Day of Atonement to be declared set apart enough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to participate in the rejoicing because Sukkot is the seven days of Sukkot is a day of celebration. It's a day of rejoicing. It's a day, it's, it's, it's a week, it's a week of feasting and, 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 and all of that kind of thing. Sure. Coming out of it, you're ready to go to work. Right, right, right. That's right. the significance. Now, let me also add in there too with Sukkot it's it's your your zakar as well during that time as well because it's set up for you to understand that the the reason part of the name Sukkot is uh you know feast of booths and our ancestors lived in booths for 40 years out in the desert and the most high supplied every single need that they have. So there's also that element of remembering what our, what our ancestors went through and how the most high provided for them during that particular time as well. So right. it's a, it's a, it's a way to remember that as well. It's right. good. So the idea of why this is significant. So now we have to back up a little bit. I said that it's a time of El Ul is the time of repentance before Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets. <clears throat> what, what, what are we repenting for? <laughs> what are we repenting for? Quite a bit. The connection of the repentance goes back to the mitzvotes. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the mitzvotes. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you and I have to stand before the Most High and repent for is our failure to walk in his mitzvotes. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. you say, well, what misvotes? Well, <coughs> I'm hot. Your text says across the street, the Greek text says, if you say you have no sin, you lie, and the truth is not in you. Well, that's because the text agrees with the idea that is set up, that is set in the book of John about the idea of lawlessness. 
Lawlessness is the aspect of being outside the framework of Torah. So let's read what John chapter 3, John. 1 John <laughs> chapter 3 says. Okay. Let's hear what, the, hear what he has to say. All right, here we go. And it's interesting because the text doesn't deal with Jesus Christ at all in John 3. Starts out by saying, see what love the Father has lavished on us being called Yahweh's children or else children, for that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him, does not know whom. Remember, the text in John is talking about the Father. It's not talking about Jesus Christ. Sure isn't. The reason the world does not know us, the children of Israel, is that it does not know the Father, him. Dear friends, we are Elohim's children now, and it has not yet been made clear what we will become. We do know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he really is. Now, that part of the text right there is ambiguous because it's trying, it's trying to blend the spirit with a physical being. With a physical person, yeah. Okay, is... and, and, and that's, that's not the case. So we go back and we look at this text and says, we are Elohim's children now, and it has not been made clear what we will become. Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. That's not a true statement. That's not a true statement. We know what we are. That's right. And all the text needed to say was, we are Elohim's children now, period. And there is a semicomma there which ends the thought, but then they added on and said it has not yet been made clear what we will become. No, we know what we are. We, we are. We are what we are, and we're going to be what we are. We're going to be that we are we're going to be this opulent nation mm -hmm. that's called his son, and that's called his children. Mm-hmm. We're going to be that. We are that. We're going to be that forever. Mm -hmm. Good. We know that when he appears, the spirit is never going to appear. Mm -hmm. The spirit, the, 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 the absolute all-existent spirit, the set-apart spirit that created all things is never 
going to to appear that we will see him as he really is. You're never, ever going to see the spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. If anybody, I'm starting to get raise my voice. Good, no, go ahead. If anybody was going to see the spirit, it would have been revealed in Exodus chapter 33 or 34 when Mashe stepped out and said, since you know me and you love me, Mm -hmm. show me yourself. There you go. He's the only individual in scriptorial text. Only one. If anybody was going to see him as he really is, it would have been Mashe. And Mashe didn't see him. That's right. He only saw and he was hidden in that rock as he passed by. He didn't see him. Now. So let's get that cleared up. So yeah. the text, the text starts out right, then it gets it, it gets a it gets a little twist in there. Okay, because the text begins in John, see what the love of the Father has lavished on us, letting us be called His children. Now, verse three, and everyone who has this hope in Him continues purifying himself since. L is pure. He ain't talking about they're 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 clear in the text. They they got G O D capitalized, which in the Hebrew text is L Elohim or Eloheka, or it's we use the name Yahweh. See, that's interesting because over here, they didn't, I'm reading out of this Rye book. It didn't even mention what you just said. Out of the Rye, it just says, and every man that hath this hope. Here's that word hope again. We try to dismantle that word, but every man that hath, hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Okay. Is the he capitalized? No. So, so there consequently, in the Greek text, mm-hmm. you don't even mm-hmm. know that the writer is talking about the deity, the Father. It's correct. Now it says, everyone who keeps sinning is violating Torah. Indeed, sin is a violation of Torah. And the Greek text says? And it says in four, it says, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. Ooh. For, ooh, for ooh, <laughs> All right, now you're getting ready to light that one up. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Did you hear that contradiction? Wow. It says what? It says, whosoever committed sin transgresses I can't even say that because it's Macbethian language, but whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. Read on. For sin is the transgression of the law. Oh, oh, stop. So somebody needs to ask a question. Question. What law? Mm Mm-hmm. What law? Now let's go back. Let's go back to the narrative. Mm Mm-hmm. You Christians, the Christians say, we're not under the law. Under it, yeah. But John says, violation of the law is sin. That's right. That's what he says. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and Creflo Dollar says that keeping the law is death to you. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. I, I want you to go to YouTube, look up Creflo Dollar's teaching on the law, and mm -hmm. see if what he's saying doesn't contradict what is written here in John chapter number three. Now, it's very quintessential. There's that word, that Q word again. We're using your own text. He's contradicting your own text. Your own text. That's key. Remember that. When we talk about things of Torah and the law, the first thing that the Christian world says, we're not under the law. We don't have to do it because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law so that we don't have to do it. Then we come along here and it says, everyone who keeps sinning is violating the law. You know what? You use that word, that buzzword in there, grace. And, and I indeed, yeah. sin is a violation of the law. law. Right. Which in which in your language, if I go back to the uh, to the to the Greek, to your Greek dictionary or Greek, whatever you want to go to and you look up this word law, it's going to tell you that the word, I think it's nomos, which is going to give you the Hebrew word Torah. So now you can't tell me. You cannot tell me out of your document that the law or the Torah of Mashe is not important because your document says failure to do it is called sin. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what it said? That's what it says. I mean, we're just reading. We're just reading. <laughs> you need to go on because you're going to find some juicy bits when you get up, get further down because then we start getting to this Greek mythology that they start interjecting in here when it get later on into this. This is this is now, this is good. We're going to keep going. Now, the problem with the with the problem with the Greek text is the Greek text is trying to make Jesus Christ God. Mhm. Mm Let's look at the text again. Mhm. Mm See what love the Father has lavished on us, letting us be called his children, okay? For we will be like him because we will see him as he really is. You're never gonna see the spirit. But now we get down to verse number five of the same chapter in John. Mm -hmm. You know, now after it finishes, sin is a violation. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins and that there is no sin in him. In who? Jesus or in the Father? Because mm. you got me confused who you're talking about. Right. There's you start that talking about yeah. the Father, and now we got him. You're, you're, I don't know which one you're, I don't, I don't know which, I don't know which one you're talking about. That's right. Oh, yes, I do. I do know which one. You're trying to make, you're trying to make, make yeah, Jesus you're trying gone. to make the Father him. Mm -hmm. He'll never be the Father. He can't do what the Father did. He can't even keep the Father's commandments. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Of which your document in Hebrew said that he should be bringing forth a new new laws or a new Torah because the, the one that the Most High gave us didn't <sighs> bring us to the goal. 
and I can't find anywhere. And you all, come on, help mm. me out, y'all. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. You, I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. I know you listen. I know you all are to listen. Help me out. Find me in the Greek document where that man who is declared to save you, who the Hebrew writer is trying to put on him the responsibility of giving you a new Torah, a new law. Mm-hmm. Will you please tell me what those laws, statutes, and instructions are? Because they cannot be whittled down to just one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's not the culmination of the Torah. Correct. So now we get back to the Greek text. Everyone who keeps sinning is violating the law. The law is Torah. Indeed, sin is a violation of the Torah. Sin is being lawless. Mm. So you're being, you're being what I'm trying to share with you, the mitzvot, the instructions, the precepts, and the statutes of the Most High given to Hebrew Israel, which is the law of Mashe. Mm-hmm. which Creflo Dollar says you're not supposed to live by. Oh, I'm going to hammer on him. Yeah. I'm going to hammer on him so hard. I'm going to hammer on him so hard. I hope he calls me. I hope he comes <laughs> for me because I want him to come for me. Right. Because when he comes for me, I'm going to speak to him just like a prophet speaks to Israel. I'm mm-hmm. going to give him what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to provide any commentary. And that's what that's what you were supposed to do. That's what all that's all the prophets did. Let's that's, talk about yeah, let's yeah. talk about the sin of Israel. Yeah. And let's talk about how Israel, how Israel is going to get out of that situation. They're going to get out of that situation by coming right back here to Vayikra, chapter 23. And in the month of Elu, they need to testify and they need to start repenting for their torlessness, their lawlessness. Mm. Because the day of atonement's coming when the Most High is going to judge Mm -hmm. his people. Mm -hmm. And your name is either going to be written in the book of righteousness or Or the book of wickedness. Wickedness is defined as being lawless and Torahless. He's already defined that for us in Scripture. Mm. So, what is this time frame about? The time frame beginning in the middle of August through to the end of September is all about getting ourselves right in the heart and mind of the Most High. So once again, at the end of the year, at the end of the high holy days, we can be declared righteous in the eyes of the most high. Now, let me put, let me put a, let me put some icing on this cake. Let me put some steak on this. Let me put some icing on this cake. All right. 
people don't realize and don't know is that after Sukkot, beginning in the month of October through to the spring, which is our, we are Aviv, Aviv, mm -hmm. through to Pesach, you're going to hear about a lot of people dropping, dying. They're going to drop like flies. Every, it happens every year. Mm -hmm. And it was it was kind of an anomaly to me because I'm thinking, until I became Hebraic, I'm going, you know, well, so wait, look at this. Wait, oh, October, November, December, January, February, March, we're hearing about this person dying, this person dying, this person dying, this person dying, celebrities dying, people that are well-known dying. Mm -hmm. And in your families, people are dying. Mm. There's a lot of death between, between October and spring. Mm. Mm. So you wonder why? Me peeling y'all off. <laughs> Don't you think that maybe, maybe we need to drop this Greek idea that Jesus Christ did not fix it for you. He couldn't. He can't. Scripture text says that every individual who sins, every soul, every person that sins will die for his own sins. Now, he's not talking about, he's not, Sin, he's not talking about you going out and getting drunk. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about you going out and doing whatever you do that the world defines as sin. He's talking about every individual who violates the law that I've given to Hebrew Israel. I gave it to Hebrew Israel. I don't care about the, I don't care about the nation. The nation can do whatever they want to do. Right. But you opulent nation that's called Hebrew, every one of you that violates the laws, the rules, and instructions mm -hmm. will die mm -hmm. for your own violations. <sighs> so this time frame that's called the high holy day. Now, now there's, an there's another interesting part here. All right. Do you know that Christianity does not have a period of time of teshiva? No, it doesn't. You know, well, okay. Let me let me be the let me be the devil's advocate. Okay, would somebody from Christianity say, "I, I, I gotta call you out on that one"? Because okay. we we have our our our, our communion time. No, where no. we come back and we say, "Okay, we remember the death and no. burial and all no. that kind of no. stuff," and then no. that's Desert. when we no 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 eh. okay. <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong answer. That no. would even that would be the, that would be the closest thing you could come up with, and that's wrong. Matter of fact, the machine can't stop going. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong answer. But you're right. There is no period of time upon I which. I have yeah. more respect for the Muslims hmm. who go through a period that they call Ramadan, mm -hmm. where they afflict themselves and go through their period of time of Teshiva. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, I don't know about the other religions, 
But those are the only two religions, and, and and we're not a religion at all. We're a way of life. So yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. That have a period of time where we reflect on our life and our relationship to the L that we worship and serve. Right. It's it's a and the, and the thing to keep in mind is that. This is a communal thing that happens. Um, and I think what's preached over there, uh, again, across the street is this, you know, you can go boldly, but go, go before the most high and, and, and before God and, and ask for forgiveness of your sins and, and, and so on and so forth. So there is no uh, a time of Teshuvah because or from a communal standpoint, at least, because you're supposed to be doing it all the time. You're supposed to be asking for forgiveness for all the stuff that you, but you can't even define what you're violating. No. Because it's not, it's not enumerated. It's if not enumerated. Go, if I go down the street, to, uh, down the block, to uh, one of these churches that are here, their definition of what that is, sin, what sin is, is going to be different. And there's no cohesion, there's no consistency anywhere. But the Most High is clearly defined within t on text on what that is. And we have to come together communally. Not only do we have this way of, of testifying and, and making atonement that happens throughout the year for the things that we inadvertently do, but then also at the same time, we come together as a community. So let's add that aspect in there too. Not only is it individual, but then we do it communally as well. From on top down, from the leaders to the, the individual themselves. Yeah. The Kohanim, I mean, there's there's it, there's a there's a hierarchy. I shouldn't say hierarchy, but there's a there's different uh, during that period of time. And and text talks about that. Um, what is to be offered for the community, for the leaders, for for so on and so forth. Yeah. Now, what relevance does the feast of trumpets have to us? It is the blasting or the sound of the blasting of the shofar. Why is there a blasting of the sound of the shofar? The sound of the shofar on the Feast of Trumpets is called the sound of awakening. It's to, it's to, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what you and I are doing every time we put out this this podcast. Mm -hmm. Joel, sound the shofar in Zion mm -hmm. and tell Israel their sin. Mm -hmm. Every time we set before these microphones, we're making a blast. We're mm -hmm. sounding the shofar of the Most High. We're sounding the words of the Most High. We're making a blast. Mm -hmm. We're telling Israel, Shema, Shema, hear, hear Israel, hear. Mm -hmm. Okay? Awake. Turn. Get, get ready. Get ready. Yeah, I was going to say that. Something is about to take place. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Yeah. If we look at, um, 
No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> there is going to come a time when the blast of the shofar out of the Shemaim <coughs> is going to take place and it's going to usher in the messianic era. And y'all, 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 let me tell you something about the Messianic era. Because you're not going to hear nothing about the Messianic era in the 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock service. No, you ain't going to hear none of that. that is. They don't even know what that is. No. That's going to be a time in which that the Most High is going to fulfill his committed covenant that he made to our ancestors that he said, and when that time comes, I will bring you back from all the nations mm. that I have dispersed you into, and I will bring you back to the land. Right. And we got and we gotta talk about that. Yeah. That's been on my that's been on my mind. We we got we we gotta do a podcast on that on that subject. No, I agree. And, and, I was thinking and, about and, that and, earlier today, in yeah. Its, in, in its entirety. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what we're getting ready for. Mm-hmm. And dear ones, by the time like I said, by the time you're listening to this, we're already gonna be into L L O, which is the precursor to Rosh Hashanah that's I mean uh, Feast of Trumpets that I think happens as if my calendar's right, it's on the 25th of the month of September. I think that's when it is mm. around there, but we'll, we'll, we'll holler at you. Oh yeah. We'll holler at you. At least, you know, and, and, and again, it's this being preparedness and, and making sure that you're, you're ready to uh, consecrate yourself and to turn back and understand, you know, you may not be a, totally aware of everything that, that has happened, uh, as far as violations that you may have had, but that's why we have these periods of time where we become in, we get into right standing with the Most High, and it's very important that we do that because the Most High doesn't like anything dirty or unclean around Him. him. No. Period. Nope. And when you know, it's interesting that the Greek text talks about all liars. <laughs> They want to put you, they want to put you in the lake of fire. The Most High does not have a lake of fire. No, not he, at all. There's, he gets, he finds no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. So he does not, he's not going to get any pleasure out of seeing people in an eternal infernal. Right. Watching that. Yeah. That. <laughs> Do your research on that. So. The idea that we're dealing with here and sharing with you is that there is written in scripture a day that's called the millennial age, which is associated with the messianic era, mm -hmm. which is a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And out of that comes the eighth day. Sukkot is the seventh day. And he says to you, he says, after Sukkot, he says, can you remain with me one additional day, mm. which is the eighth day. Mm -hmm. The eighth day is called the day of new beginnings. Mm -hmm. 
the day of new beginnings is written in the book of Zechariah. Mm -hmm. So, Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot, yeah. are precursors to arriving at the final day with the Most High, which is eternal life with Him mm -hmm. in the eighth day. Now, I now, thought, I thought you, don't you enumerate that in your book? In defense of the Messiah? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I, th I think you go through all those days. So yeah, if you're wondering yeah, what that yeah, means, get yeah. pick that book up. It's an yeah, awesome, yeah, awesome yeah, read. Yeah. You explain it really eloquently. So all y'all, we're going to talk about the land. <laughs> but all you all out there thinking you're going to die and go to heaven, <laughs> you're going to matriculate out of the dust of the earth and you're going to arrive back in land with a new body in land back in the land that you were despoiled out of. Mm. That's what's going to happen. And it might behoove you. And that's scriptorial. Right. Might behoove you to understand how that land is going to function so you can keep yourself in it. And if you read Zechariah, Zechariah says, out of everybody that gets invited, back to the seventh day, the messianic era or the millennial age, he says, only one third of you am I taking into the eighth day. That means two thirds of everybody that makes, that gets drafted. <laughs> right. <laughs> ain't making the cut. Right. Yeah. So now you might want to know why it is I'm so hard and I'm so persistent on our listeners acclimating to and understanding the significant importance of adhering to the laws and the instructions of mm -hmm. the Most High. Because that's what's going to help you get to the eighth day. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me put it in another way. It's football season. Uh-oh. Or it could be basketball season. And prior to the season, there's a draft. Mm-hmm. And people get drafted. Mm-hmm. There's a team that already exists. That's right. And there's some people on the team that already exist that are not going to make the team next year. They They're sure, going to get cut. They sure won't. And there's some people that are going that are getting drafted are not going to make the team. They're going to get cut. Mm -hmm. Why are they going to get cut? Mm. They're going to get cut because their skill level doesn't match up to what is necessary to help the team win. It's correct. The most high is going to draft a lot of people in the seventh day, and he's going to take you through a thousand years in preparation for the eighth day. And if we don't measure up to the laws, mm -hmm. the rules, mm -hmm. the instructions of the Most High, in its, in its, see, Do you all realize that in pro sports, there is a proficiency level 
that is beyond our comprehension even to understand the nuances of professional sports. The most high is more finite than that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he's going to judge us according to the intent and the motives mm -hmm. of our heart in relationship to our obedience mm. to his way. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing right now, Sean? We're sounding the shofar. Sound the alarm. Wake them up. All you basketball fans know this one. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about? We talking about practice? We talking about, yeah, practice. Practice? Yeah. Talking about practice? Yeah, we're talking about practice. practice. Yeah. Get it right while you can. Getting it right in our mind. Yeah. Because I'm going to say to you this, okay? As a, mind, as a man leaves this earth, so he will be resurrected in the world to come with the same mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's almost uh, reminiscent of, if I can make an analogy, you leave the United, we're, this is where we live, and you could be wherever you are in the world, and you leave the United States, let's say, and I go, and I go live in, let's just say, United Kingdom. Now, I'm under the auspices of a democracy here, and I get over there, and I'm under a monarchy. There are certain things that if I haven't prepared my mind to say I'm going to live in that underneath that particular rule, I'm not going to know about because I haven't done the research and I haven't got formulated things in my mind that will prepare me for the lifestyle change that I'm going to undergo. And if I'm going over there thinking that I'm going to take my American ways over there, or as a matter of fact, probably the better analogy is if I was going to the Middle East to live. Because I'm going to tell you, if you pick yourself up and go over there thinking you're going to do what you want to do over there like you live in the United States, you might find yourself excommunicated in a way that you might not feel as though is that all that great so getting your mind prepared and making sure that it's pliable so you're able to receive and function better is all that we're trying to do trying to make you understand that when you get to the land this is how the land is going to function because it's been me, laid before you allow me to close with a current event thing uh -oh, okay. that you that people should know okay there is a young lady. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is, who, was, yep. who was arrested in Russia because she failed right. to function. That's right. According to the rules mm -hmm. of that nation. And that nation gave her nine years? And that nation gave her nine years. Nine years. For not obeying their law. Now, the Most High ain't going to give you nine years. No, you're just, just gonna, not going to exist he's just anymore. not going to exist anymore. <laughs> now, had she known... Mm -hmm. the laws of the place that she was. That's right. It would have been forgetful for her, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. to bring a substance into that nation Correct. that was criminal mm -hmm. to them that was punishable under their law. Just because you can do something <laughs> over here don't mean you can do it there. Just because we can violate the Father's law in this world, mm -hmm. it ain't going to happen no. in the world to come. Nope. 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 And this has been Rabbi Robert B. Mm -hmm. Holman Jr. And Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.